broadcasting live. Weekday morning, this is listener-supported One Radio Network. Well, good afternoon, fun seekers. It's a little bit afternoon, and this is OneRadioNetwork.com. We had two inches of global warming ice up Serpent Springs about three weeks ago, and the line is still down. Every morning I call, how, how are we doing? So our phone lines are down, and uh, so the way to communicate this morning and every morning until the end of time, if I, see if I keep saying that, it's going to just keep taking a long time. I got to, is Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Daniel Vitalis will be here tomorrow. I've known Daniel for 15 years or so. He's uh, in his third season of the Outdoor Channel. And he used to be a vegetarian, vegan person, and now he goes around and kills bears and and, that, and eats them and stuff like that. Cool guy, interesting fellow, Daniel Vitalis. Now, we're going to talk with a dear friend of mine who I've known forever. I can't believe she still talks to me after I, she's known me this long, which is, you know, rare, you know? I think about it. <laughs> People, I mean, she, you know, she still talks to me, which is really something. Her name is Desi Andrews. And she is a, a real long-term researcher and a student of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, right, Miss Andrews? That's one of your specialties. That's, that's Dr. Andrews to you. Has been that long. Oh, that's right. You're a PhD. You got a P a fit. And what's your PhD in? Or you can call me Desi. Huh? <laughs> Institutional study in law. Study of in the study of law. Constitutional study and law. Constitutional study, and I didn't know they did a PhD with that. Yeah, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. So you have put together a lawsuit that you are accusing 535 congressional people of treason, right? Treason. That's right. Treason. So what are, what are they doing, uh, dear Des, uh, that uh, is so treasonous? Um, <clears throat> their job is written in the Constitution. Most people don't understand that the Constitution has nothing to do with the people, but it has everything to do with the government and the way they conduct themselves. And when these dudes don't follow the Constitution and they work against the people, that's treason. And I got that inspiration from the Brunson brothers. I've I've looked at this stuff for a hundred kajillion years, and uh, finally, when I read the Brunson brothers suit, I thought, "Aha! These guys have something." <laughs> and what do you? How are you saying Brunson? I'm not under Brunson. You know the Brunson brothers. I don't know the Brunson brothers. The guys that blow their horn. They're famous. No. From Utah, the guys that sued the Congress. I don't know. New one to me. I don't keep up oh, with those. Oh, okay. Well, okay. They, they, they put up an application for a petition for certiorari to the Supreme Court on their issue. And um, they were on all, of, all the shows. I hmm. Anyway, you must have been banned from Facebook. I, I, I don't get out much. Don't worry about me. I, just, I don't get out much. <laughs> I know how you feel. Um, so... I have, I decided, you know, about two or three years ago, I, I, I made a concerted effort to try to deal with the war powers, which is, that's the authority that these people use. And uh, couldn't find a way to do it. But then when I saw the Brunson brothers and I saw what they did and what they had written, I thought, aha, this is the way. 
And they sued a lot of the people in Congress, almost all of them. And it had to do with voting elections. And I can see why the Supreme Court wouldn't take it, because they're hardly going to put Donald Trump in the position of president two years after the fact. Besides, that's not what they do. They only rule on the stuff that's put in front of them. They don't enact it. So um, it wasn't a surprise to me when the Supreme Court didn't grant certiorari. But the, their their strategy and the way that they went about it was absolutely brilliant. So I just mimic them. <laughs> oh, so so these Brunson brothers, they did some what you felt were really uh, cogent uh, suits, but the Supreme Court wouldn't hear them. Is that correct? The Supreme Court, the Supreme Court well, they, they were dismissed at the federal level. They were dismissed mm -hmm. at the appellate level, and, it's, and that's when you go to Supreme Court. But it wasn't a question that the Supreme Court wanted to take, so they weren't granted certiorari. You know, very, very few people are granted certiorari. What's that word? Uh, granted certiorari? Granted certiorari. C-E-R-T-I-O-R-I. I think I said it's a Latin for they accept their petition. They're going to give it audience. They're going to hear. I it. see. And these Brunson and when you go to court, that's what you do. You ask for them to grant certiorari. Gotcha. And these Brunson brothers, their main argument was short, short version. Um, they said that 100 people on January 6th, two years ago, when Congress sat down to certify the vote. Uh, and 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 certify that that Biden was the president. One hundred of the Congress critters had uh, asked that for ten days to to um, make certain that they were doing the right thing. In other words, they wanted ten days. And so, when one hundred of these people asked for ten days to go over the facts in case it was wrong, the others um, ignored them and granted certiorari that day. And so, because they didn't take the 10 days in order to deliberate or look at the facts or think about it, um, the, the Branson brothers considered that was a treason to the others, to, to, to the rest of the Congress, and treason to the American people because they didn't entertain the voting violations. They didn't entertain them. Well, but the... So the Supreme Court would be committing treason, no? Well, no, the Supreme Court doesn't have to take. <laughs> they don't um, have to take it if they don't want to. They don't have to take it, no. no. Hmm. It's tricky what, what's in front of the Supreme Court. It kind of has to be timely. It has to be relevant to the rest of the people. It has to be in order to um, fix a discrepancy between circuits. You know, and they have a certain criteria they deal with when they take a question, but it has to be a valid question they can entertain. You know, um, did the dog eat my homework is not a question that really should go before the, mm -hmm. the Supreme Court. And there are many, 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 many things that go up. You know, the guy that taught me law uh, said that the reason uh, certain things have not been addressed is nobody asked the right question at the Supreme Court. They don't ask the right so, question. Hmm. They, nobody asked the right question. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, no, they're, they're not there to do uh, civil um, work. I mean, they're not there to, to, um, to be a trial court. 
we are there to deal with issues that 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 are constitutional in nature and and affect a lot of people. For instance, yeah. in 2019, the Supreme Court accepted a um, certiorari from a law firm in California who had been threatened by what is currently the, it's got four names in it, it's Federal something, something Credit Bureau. And they deal with uh, what used to be the, well, what is the Federal Fair Debt Collection Act. There are 16 or 18 statutes in that act. Hmm. And they have four different agencies. Agencies, that's a bad word. That's the toxic thing. Um, they had um, four different agencies over that. And they combined this one agency into the Bureau. And it had a director, much like Fauci, much like that, that, that Bureau or agency or whatever it is. And um, they 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 are in charge of the rules and regulations to do with credit. And they had threatened this this uh, law firm that they weren't doing the right thing, and they had to knuckle under and do blah blah blah. And the guy said, you know, <laughs> so and so they threatened to to do harm to them. So the law firm sued them. And when they did, the law firm one in the law firm said they were unconstitutional. And they went at the district court level, they went at the appellate court level, and it went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court granted certiorari and determined that because they have, this is an age, an executive agency that has one director, and the president can't fire that director. He can't. Well, that's called the executive, um, senior executive service, you know, that, that thing that exists out there that they get paid more than GS people and and they can't be fired and they run the, the joint and they can make any real regulation they want without uh, consulting anyone else, much like Fauci. Fauci. Yeah. Uh, so um, the Supreme Court determined that the only the only one that, that, that got a delegation of power or authority from the people in the Constitution was the president, and that's and it says in the Constitution, the president of the United States of America is vested with the executive authority or power, one of those. And um, as a result, this bureau is unconstitutional. So the bureau keeps on tracking. That was 2019. Supreme Court ruled that this bureau, because the president doesn't have any, any control over the the um, senior executive and uh, um sorry that was a disconcerting message i just got um they don't have any control over over the uh a director that's exercising executive power uh it's unconstitutional because only the president has that oh, okay so only the president it's article two is that the unitary executive theory thing article two which Cheney ran the... It's not a theory. That's actually the Constitution. Yeah, that's in the Constitution. Cool. Yeah, and that's Article 2. Article 2. So, so then the Supreme Court said, well, the President does have the authority in the Constitution. And you know what you're saying, then then all these NIS, NAS, whatever these other agencies are, that they are constitutional because the President can't fire them in real life or in... The president can't fire these the senior executive service that was that was instigated. I don't know in our lifetime. The executive power shall be vested in a president of the United States of America. 
period. In the he executive branch, right? In the executive branch. He is the executive branch. He is the executive branch. He has a CEO yeah. of the executive branch. He is the executive branch. Hmm. He's not the CEO. He's the president. He is it. And he is and, and the executive power. See, the legislator, legislature makes the law. Congress makes the laws. Um, the judiciary um, interpret the laws. And the, the president uh, executes the laws. So he's the one that executes the the power of the United States or the laws. And when you, when he is not totally in charge, the agency that just exercises rules and regulations, which we call laws, is um, unconstitutional. So in 2019, Supreme Court said hmm. that dude, that agency, that bureau is unconstitutional. Yet, did Congress do anything about it? Which agency see, did they say was? Which one was? Say, which agency? Which agency did, did the Supreme Court say was didn't exist or unconstitutional in 2019? Uh, this federal something something oh, credit the credit thing you, you talked about. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. I'm yeah. with you. All right. So since in 2019, the Supreme Court said this is unconstitutional. What happened? Why is it? still in, in business. They did fire that particular director and hire another director, but that director sits in total and sole um, power over the regu- rules and regulations of the agency. You know, in case I hadn't explained it to you before, agencies are absolutely illegal, but, you know, are unconstitutional. The, but they exist. Are these these non-government organizations? Are these NGOs the same things as agencies? They are not NGOs. They are the CIA, the FBI. These are agencies, agencies under the executive branch of the government. Well, so in theory, uh, on the constitutionally, the president could go in and just fire the head of the of the CIA or FBI. If it's a sole directorate, yes, he can. If the Supreme Court said that that you could have a committee in charge of the of the bureau or agency. You could have a committee, but it had to be a bipartisan committee. And under, there's criteria on, on what a committee can consist of over an agency. But the president has the right to fire any of those people at any time. That's the watchword. Hmm. That's the standard. So you know, what I, my point was, Patrick, that even if the Supreme Court rules that something is unconstitutional, they interpret the law. Okay. When they rule it's unconstitutional, that doesn't mean that it that it gets goes gone. goes away, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it just stays in business. So we're unconstitutional. What the hell? So it takes somebody like you to go in and say, "Wait a minute, how come how come you're still around? Is that what you're up to now?" No, I'm not. I have nothing to do with that federal credit bureau. Other people are going to. Yeah. Uh, People that are under their rules and regulations are going to have to take them down. They have a vested interest in that. I don't. Um, I have a vested interest in the American people and war powers. I have a vested interest in the power that the government of the United States of America exercises. And and as you know, um, war powers is my shtick. Yeah, it's and, been for years since I've known you. Thirty years for a guy. You talked about war powers thirty years ago or forty. I don't. Well, know. it's the, it's the only thing that allows these people the authority over us that they exercise. They don't have any constitutional powers to do that. 
So because the, uh, the, the the president keeps issuing executive powers. Executive orders? Executive orders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When he issues that executive order, it ha- he has to have some frame of reference in the Constitution to issue that order, and he doesn't. So the executive orders all are under the authority of war powers. Okay, in the, in let's the, explain what war powers are, how it came into being, so we have a little BG, a little background here. The war powers are the authority that the government exercises over the people um, that mm, to exert their authority. Not constitutional powers, which is the only, only true power they have. Not constitutional powers. You see, we have to go back to the beginning. You know, Declaration of Independence, we have unalienable rights mm-hmm. to uh, implement those, to, to secure those rights. We, we institute governments among men, and they have to make certain that our rights are secured. It's the only job of government, the only one. Hmm. Not to make laws and not to do anything, but to secure No, our- I think you're wrong, because I think the government's job is to tell us we need to wear, wear a mask. So I think you're wrong. Did you almost fall down and die when you that many people wore masks and took to their houses? Broke my heart, you know, really. Just uh, crazy. So uh, the government, their only job is to make sure that our, our rights our rights in the Constitution and Declaration of Independence are, are cool. No, it's not it has nothing to do with the Constitution. It's the Declaration, Declaration of Independence. Of Independence. After after we were were endowed with unalienable rights, the Constitution was written to form a framework on how the government would operate. I see. And we have the most unique government in the world. You should listen sometime to to Scalia talk about it. Scalia. I mean, Scalia was just so enamored with the Constitution because it makes our country different than any other country in the world hmm. and he said it's 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 the structure of the constitution the three branches of government that exercise power over one another to keep everybody in line and we have a, a bicameral congress the uh, 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 congress and the senate i mean uh, the representatives in the senate which we really don't have anymore we have house one and house two when the 17th amendment allowed um the people to vote for senators, then the states were no longer represented. So we just did away with House One and Two, in my opinion. In your opinion, but that was in, that was in 1913. But but the Constitution is the structure that Scalia says holds the framework of the Republic together mm-hmm. because it says exactly what the jobs of the three branches are and no more. So that is the only only authority that the government officials have, our representatives, is to represent us and secure our rights. They have no other authority, and the powers are, are firmly delegated. Wow. In the, it says exactly what Congress can do in Article 1, Section 10, 8. It, it says exactly what Congress can do, and it's 17 or 18 of them to make exclusive legislation for the less than 10 mile square area. What did I say? For the 10. Who did they make law for? Washington, D.C. That's right. That's what it says in the Constitution. Hmm. The states are, are who govern us, and they're supposed to be constitutional too. 
But when these guys go so completely out of the framework of the Constitution that they're not recognizable, then they have to be abolished. That's what Tommy told us to do, and I think that's what we need to be doing. Tommy Jeff? <laughs> what? Tommy Jefferson? You know Tommy. I know Tommy. Yeah, I know Tommy, man. God love Tommy. So you, so, so you, you did a whole. This lawsuit's been filed that against these dudes, five thirty-five Congress. People. This lawsuit was filed, and it says, hmm. for instance, in the Constitution, it says that no state shall pay a debt with anything but gold or silver coin. Yay. Uh, when's the last time Congress delegated gold or silver coin to the states? Um, See, it's the, 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 the Congress's job to coin money. Mm-hmm. And coin money is to print it as well. It means it, just not just the stamp, but right. the kind too. And they haven't done that. They haven't done that since um, the military script, the FRN came in. Uh, we used to have silver certificates that could be redeemed for silver at the at a Federal Reserve Bank. Mm-hmm. We don't have that now. We have a dollar bill that can be exchanged for a dollar bill, like kind. That's not money. And it's very and, and it does away with uh, the weights, the standards of weights and measures. And it's not money. So they have substituted our money for private script. That's what Congress has done. Make no mistake about it. People get angry about the Federal Reserve Bank. But Congress has allowed the whole thing. It's Congress set up a private bank in 1913 called yes. the Federal Reserve Bank. And I used to think that was Rothschild, but I had to do a lot more study before I wrote this lawsuit. And what it is, is it's a private bank that, that I mean, that, that's an American private bank that, that Congress set up. I'm sure they have. They uh, Congress got shareholder in it. It's a private bank, and it's it has shareholders, which are the other twelve, which are the twelve banks. the 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 word federal, capital F, federal, Reserve Bank, lowercase. That's how it appears in the Federal Reserve Act. Federal capital Reserve Bank, lowercase. So it's not even a specific one. The Federal Reserve Bank is the, the the titular head of the of the twelve Federal Reserve Banks that have been set up, but they they Federal Reserve it, it, Federal Reserve Bank issued stock and it's held by their stockholders. The the, the big, twelve other the banks, big, the big banks too, right? Only what the big banks too, like Chase and Wells Fargo and HSBC. Well, they're, 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 they're in the twelve Federal Reserve Banks. They are the twelve. Oh, they are. The, yeah. Oh, so you're not talking about the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis or the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. You're talking about the. That's big, not the Federal Reserve Bank. Okay. The Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. Those are all subscribed to by the big banks. I see. It's all private. It's all private. 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 So and they did just fine for the first twenty years, which is. Until 1933, right? They didn't. Uh, I mean, they shouldn't have had that Federal Reserve Bank. But it said that um, the the profits from this new thing that they set up, whatever it was, um, went 94 percent of those profits went to the the 
had a, a, to the United States Treasurer, Treasury in order to buy gold and silver to stabilize the dollar. Hmm. So the dollar was still there. The currency that was issued was still backed by, by gold and silver. And you could even exchange before 33, you could exchange, you go to a bank. Yeah. You could exchange it. Even through 33, you could exchange it. Huh. But in 33, when the real power of the war powers came down, uh, and all these things I'm talking about, anything outside the Constitution, you can call war powers, because that's the authority behind it. Okay, let me stop yeah, you right there, and we'll get yeah. to back to 33, but I still uh, I still didn't quite understand. So when did war powers come into existence, and what does it say, how does it work where they use war powers to do their thing? Talk to us like we're a young child or a golden retriever here, so we can understand. Okay, <clears throat> I... I thought it came in in, in uh, uh, 1863, but wow. in my research this time, I found that in 1862, they passed the Legal Tender Act, and it says Congress passed the Legal Tender Act, but let's be careful what we're talking about when we talk about Congress. As you know, and I'll get back to this other, and don't let me get so diverted, I don't answer okay. your question. Okay. I'm not... I'm not Donald Rumsfeld. That was a very good question. It was the wrong question. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, Congress just passed a $1.9 trillion budget or bill or whatever the hell it passed in December, right? Yeah, that's that that thing, uh, the stop inflation, uh, whatever they call it. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, whatever. <laughs> or start it or really put it in there, you know, whatever. <laughs> At one point nine million dollar trillion, where they gave two two million to a toad and and two million to to study the effects of climate change on water. Yeah, I mean it either moves or it doesn't. It either dehydrates or not freezes or yeah. I mean, come on, they gave that to a Texas university, so it was uh, ridiculous. But our dear friend AG, our Texas AG, just sued him. Uh, about a month ago, um, charging basically treason. Really? Because, Good well, he. Good for him. Guys, they didn't have a quorum when they passed that little puppy. Wow. They didn't have a quorum. And uh, God love him. I mean, it, it's a beautiful lawsuit. It's a really beautiful lawsuit. They, um, they had, they had, during the COVID fiasco or, Whatever you want. Whatever. During the COVID thing, um, Congress had made a bunch of things like, you know, we really don't want to go into work and we don't have to go into work. And mm -hmm. so they had voted each other uh, a proxy right. If I'm not here, will you vote for me? And. Um, Okay, so there were only like 111 people on the floor that day out of a 435-man house. Mm -hmm. uh, and 111, even to the novice listener out there, we know that's not a quorum. A quorum has to be at least 50% or more. But <clears throat> they had 111 people on the, on the floor and somehow they got enough votes to pass this thing using the proxies that they had been given. Right. 
So you get your poxy to me, and I voted for you and me while I was on the floor. I voted for two of us or three of us even. You don't have friends out here. I'll just exercise their proxies. Right. Well, it turns out that that's not legal. The Constitution says you got to be present. Really? Oh. It's all the members present, that nasty little word present. So, so um, what's his name? Um, did AG here? Ken Paxton. Paxton in Texas, AG of Texas. Uh -huh. yeah. Paxton sued them, and um, I love it. I just love this suit. He sued them and said that they can't uh, discharge any of that uh, promised wealth to these people because there was no, it was unconstitutional. There was no, there was no um, form. The 1.9 Inflation Reduction Act, whatever they called it. Yeah. 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 And the quorum is actually, this is the Constitution. <laughs> the quorum has to be present when they pass a bill or it doesn't pass. So that whole thing is going to have to fall down and go boom. Supreme Court's got some really interesting cases coming its way about constitutionality wow. and treason. So, but the Supreme Court, I don't want to get too off far afield here because you could talk about this all day. It's fun. The Supreme Court would then, I mean, big picture Desi Andrews, Dr. Andrews, they, they're, justice is not blind with these people, right? I mean, it's a political animal isn't it pretty much so why would they take a case like this why would they even do it if it's going to cause too many problems for people well it depends on how much these people love the constitution and how much they care about the american people i got you oh. anybody can see patrick that it's time for this bullshit to end yes anybody can see that. yes ma'am i mean we have we have a debt Back to the original thing you asked me. Where did War it start? Powers. I believe it started in 1862 okay. when, when the Congress, the current Congress, passed um, the Legal Tender Act, which said, oh, during the war, because we have an emergency, we don't have to have specie-backed currency. We can just issue currency on its own, the fiat currency, basically, the, because they were out the, of money. The greenback? Was that the greenback? That's the greenback. Okay. So 1962 said we're just going to print money to to finance the war. Yeah, and we print money, and, and guess who buys, you know, I just, I, I didn't figure that out until recently. <laughs> guess who finances these wars? They they sell the greenback, which is a uh, uh, the currency of the union, and people buy those greenbacks. They put, for 10 bucks, they get a 10 buck greenback, but it's the people that finance the wars. Through bonds, remember in 1941, bring it instead of bring out your dad, buy Liberty bonds. Right, right. You know, yeah. So yeah, we we were kind of taught that the that the Rothschilds kind of did this to the Civil War. Nathan and the son had to took the North, and the son took the South. Is that not true? Uh, I don't I don't know about that. Okay. I don't believe that, but I believe that the Civil War was was instigated by bankers. Um, and I believe at the end of the Civil War that Lincoln got. Uh, um, uh, well, let me comment on that before I get to this. In 1862, when they passed this act that they can have the Legal Tender Act, they didn't have a quorum either, did they? They were missing 13 states. Uh, I think there was a slight 
thing amiss there. Legal Tender so Act is separate from War Powers Act? Separate. Yeah. Okay. They've been Congress is passing all these acts, acts, acts. That's what they do. Hmm. They pass these acts. So um, in 1863, Lincoln laid the, uh, Lincoln's general order on the land, an executive order. Think of that. He, he was the executive, and he laid the executive order on the land, Lincoln's General Order 100, and that established the criteria of the war powers. That's that's where it came in. Say that again, how it happened. In 1863, right. April, Lincoln published his Lincoln's General Order 100, or the Libra Code. Yeah, the Libra Code. And that is the criteria of how... The United States soldiers, et cetera, executives should act during this war. And it's still here. So that War Powers Act was never abolished. And this is what drives the the juice for the president to get an executive order saying you have to wear a mask or whatever they do. Yep. And, and then Lincoln, I believe, had changed his mind and he was he was no longer with the bankers. I think Lincoln really did love his country and I think Lincoln really did love his people. Mm. But he had conspired to get into the Civil War for for the bankers again. And and uh, I think he withdrew at the end of the war. Right after Lee and Grant met at Appomattox, no surrender, they just met and said, this is the end of this, guys. I mean, we've seen too much slaughter, let's just right away. <laughs> this is over. And never look back. And besides that, we're broke. But see, what people don't know is that the reason they didn't do a peace treaty at the, at, in 18, 1865 at Appomattox was because uh, Lee said, we can't do that, um, Bob, because when I issued the Graybacks in the South, I put a little caveat in it and it said six months, some of them said two months, after the war, after the um, um, declaration of peace between the North and the South, this is redeemable and, and they paid gold for it. So it was redeemable in gold and they didn't have the money to do that. So they, they just said, okay, we'll, we'll just ignore the peace treaty right now. Because mm -hmm. they couldn't afford to have a peace treaty because they, they were dead broke both sides. And so they, they rode away, hoping that would not end. So right now, we have, still have the divisiveness we have in this country because that established the war powers, the Lincoln's General Order 100. When Lincoln was assassinated, that was a coup against his entire cabinet. Some of the cabinet were in on it, and they were out of town. But like Seward got severely maimed and the only reason he didn't wasn't killed was because he was in bed with the cast on and he kept holding the cast up and the guy was trying to stab him so he he got his cheek and then the people came in and rescued seward who was helpless in bed um, so seward got attacked there were there were five separate attacks it was a coup that night but lincoln is the only one that was killed and seward is the only one that was wounded so that tells me that the cabinet was fixing to change something. I mean, the cabinet was 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 going to officially end the war, and that didn't happen. And then when Johnson took over, he what he I think he believed in Lincoln and he followed Lincoln, and he wouldn't he wouldn't uh, agree to the um, to the Reconstruction Acts, which are war power acts. 
And so they went to impeach Johnson, and I guess he capitulated mm-hmm. at that point. And the Reconstruction Acts have never been repealed. They are still on this land. So we don't have a peace treaty from the second from the Civil War. And we have war powers that were implemented in the 1860s, and they're still in place, and we're still being treated like that. I mean, pull it out and read it. It's pretty shocking. Wow. So these and, these rascals know this because they want this um, power to do the EOs, the executive orders. So they they just keep it keep. That is their war powers. They can do anything with war powers. Hmm. Without war yeah. powers, could the president, as the executive branch head dude, can he do stuff for the executive branch without war powers? Can he do executive orders? Only. Something that's constitutional. Oh, he can't declare war. He can't declare war on poverty, war on war right. on drugs. He can't declare any of those wars. Gotcha. Yeah. It says in here that only Congress can declare war. So we have been under continual and constant war. And how that benefits the bankers is, man, wars make money. Oh, Whoa. they keep the population down. <laughs> they keep the population. In poverty, you know, let's get rid of a few hundred thousand, like 320,000 in, in, um, keep forgetting the thing that the United States is back to now, the name of it, the thing next to Russia there. Oh, the Ukraine thing? Yeah, yeah. And 320,000 were killed last year alone. In in, in Ukraine and Russia? That many? No, only in Ukraine. Really? 320,000. More than half as many as we, we lost 600,000 plus Americans in the Civil War. They lost half that number last year. Where'd you get this that 300,000 number? Um, from Craig. He showed me where it came from. It's, huh. it's a valid entry. It's a, it's a valid number. Wow. We're not being told anything about that because the United States is, is, is backing that. Oh, time. sure. To have a war at all times. Got to. It doesn't matter which side wins or loses. No. It all pays. It's all the same. We just have to have a war at all times. So we have been controlled by war powers since the 1860s. And we don't know that. So we don't have any of the constitutional um, corrals or round em ups at all anymore. Round em ups. <laughs> round em ups. <laughs> Well, I always think of that as a corral. You know, they're corralled in there, and that's all they can do. So when they don't do that, they take an oath in Article 6 of the Constitution that they will uphold and support the Constitution of the United States. And when they don't do things that are constitutional, they're committing treason. So every one of these rascals, 535 of them, have committed treason, in your opinion, and that's why you did your lawsuit? Every single one of these people that have walked in there since 1933. Whoa. Can't look the other way. These people are responsible for what we have now. They have they have applauded a fiat dollar. They have not done one thing, a single thing that they're constitutionally mandated to do as far as the currency of this country is concerned. We would all be wealthy. We would have wealth and prosperity if number one, we had peace. And number two, we had a constitutional currency. The Treasury would print and without the banks, correct? The Treasury is the only one that can coin money. Hmm. 
And so now the banks send them the, the signal, the Federal Reserve says, print, and they print, and then they issue bonds. And it's all just, it's it's based on nothing, and there's no way to measure. You know, one day you needed a quart of milk, and then you needed the same amount, but you had to buy a gallon. I mean, when there's no weights or measures, you have no no uh, law of nature. Yeah. We, we, we absolutely ignore that and defy it. So my lawsuit not only attacks the fact that there's a private bank here, which is underwritten by Congress. Do you think the American people can live under a private bank? Do you think that's constitutional? We have been, though, right? And didn't know, haven't known it until we people, have been. People and like it really turned out like yeah. it wasn't so bad until 90, until uh, 33. But in 33, when they said, bring us your gold. And then and then they said that 94, the profits that used to go to the treasurer in the, in the Glass-Steagall Act, which is the one they wrote in 90, they, that's an amendment to the, to the Federal Reserve Act, by the way. I thought it was a brand new act, but it's it's not. I learned so many things when I went back and researched. Um, and that um, Glass-Steagall Act is an amendment of the of Federal Reserve Act, and that took place in April of 1933, because the, what people don't understand is the Federal Reserve Act was it had a finite 20-year life, and it died on December 23rd. And and while we're on on uh, quotas, um, do you think, I mean, quorums, do you think there was a quorum in 1933 on December 23rd? I mean, 1913? Oh, when they did the Federal Reserve Act. Do you think that was No, I think it was on Christmas Eve, wasn't it? Or two days before? 23rd. That's pretty close. 23rd, yeah. Wow. Yeah, how many of those dudes do you think were sticking or were present on the floor that day? Present. <laughs> oh, it says present in the big yeah. book. I tell you what. Who was it? Yeah. UEP oh. Long said, what's his quote, uh, Dr. Andrews? Uh, the only thing new in this world is the history we don't know, right? That's a great UEP Long quote. Boy, that's true. Well, well we do need to know our history, and we we. How many times, you know, we're coming into right now, 1929, all over again. Yeah. And it's, it's so clear what they're doing. Wow. And yet, have you seen that Bank of Dave? I'm sorry? Have you seen that Bank of Dave? Bank of Dave? Bank of Dave. Bank? It's on YouTube. No, I don't know that one. I'll check it out. Oh, my goodness. You'll be tickled to your toes. This is a three-part, 45-minute segments, three 45-minute segments on YouTube, Bank of Dave. Okay. This car figures, and, and I, after I saw this Bank of Dave, I, I had occasion to go out a ways. And so I go through all of these little towns in Texas that are dying. I mean, how many towns have you driven through that you think, how, how do they? How do they even survive? Yeah. Dying? You know why? Because they don't have a community bank. This is Catherine Austin Fitz to her max. Yeah. I mean, I never understood why it was so important to have a community bank. But Bank of Dave, he 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 once went one in his community in England. He doesn't care about the rest of the world. He just wants to help people help people in his community. Do you realize that there are so many so many small entrepreneurs, small business like they were in when I was a kid a hundred years ago. <laughs> Um, well, at least, right? Um, and they had communities supported each other, and they had small community banks. And somebody, if you just need a thousand dollars or five thousand dollars, 
And you can do so much with that and increase your business and expand, but it's not to be had because the big banks, he calls them bonus banks because all they do is pay their employees, their uh, heads bonuses. Um, that, that there's no there's no market for that and he established a community bank he's a force of nature oh, he, and he, he did his own he he figured out how to do his own don't you have to get well, your legislature in the state bank. to approve it he said i'm going to start a bank well they said you can't you can't start a bank you can't use the word bank right. because you have to be able to take deposits and the parliament has to give you the right to take deposits. And you can't do that. You're not a bank. So so I, ha I can't use the word bank in my bank. No, can't use the word bank. So you can use savings and loan. You put in your savings, we'll loan it. But you can't use banks. So he said, I've got to be able to use banks. So over his little storefront bank that he bought, little teeny thing, he didn't care about marble halls. It says, bank on Dave. Oh, bank on Dave. <laughs> and this fellow's in England? He's in England? Mm -hmm. And he was willing to pay 5% 5, 5 on the people's savings, and they can't get there anywhere. And then he was going to loan it to the community, and when they made a profit, they were going to, to um, um, give it to charity. And you should see what he did for this community. <laughs> and this will be a wealthy community. I see what Catherine always says about about stay local and and get wealthy yeah and we are supposed to be wealthy and healthy but we can't as long as we're in a war yeah as long as we're in a war I and mean, we're always in no, a war I'm, we're always in a war I'm, well war. i'm asking for i'm asking for the peace treaty between the north and south to be signed what? and end the wars uh so this this whole thing with the svb and the beginning of the last week or so, where they're saying, if I understand, Dr. Andrews, that all these community banks, you can only get $250,000 of insurance, right? But if you go to Chase or Wells Fargo, you get as much as you want. So this well, is this just a big gobble up the small guys thing? This is what they're doing? Well, every bank failure is simply because uh, it turns out the 2008 thing right. was only about gobbling big banks, gobbling up smaller banks. It wasn't a bailout. Right. It was sure. uh, uh, restructuring. So, And the banks never got hurt, but the people did. Um, what, they, what Biden said at first was, no, we have to stand by that because that's in the Glass Stagall Act, two hundred fifty thousand period, and they and they established the FDIC at that time too. But um, he said, no, no, we can't do that. And then the next day he says, it doesn't matter how much you had in there, we're going to cover it. Well, that's called a bailout, sir. I mean, that's the very thing the American people swore there wouldn't be one of again. Oh, so they're claiming now that if you're at the Bank of Dripping Springs, you have. Oh, no, 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 only in major banks. Only right. Oh, okay, efforts. that's what I thought. I, I thought I missed something. There. No, no, but he says, you know, and you you take a risk when you're in the Bank of Dripping Springs because and you're going to get what's left from the 250000 in the FDIC. You don't get it all. You only get a portion. So we're going to pick and choose who gets the, the insurance, the FDIC. So... Uh, <laughs> 
you know, they really put their foot in their mouth on this one <laughs> because anybody can figure that one out. Only at our banks. So they're trying to, to, to rattle people about banks, number one, scare them about banks. And and they're trying to drive the people from the small banks. To the big guys. We call them, right. To the big banks where they can really take their money. But the small banks, you know, Catherine Austin Fitz, I love that woman and I've watched her a million times and I went to see her actually and meet her. And uh, <clears throat> she was talking to the audience and they said, well, I've withdrawn my money from my bank and and uh, where should I put it? And he, she said, I don't know about you, but I need a bank. I need a bank. I need a bank. Hmm. That's what Catherine said. That's why I have a page in Solari Report that you can go see what you need to ask your local bank, the questions you need to ask to make certain that they're, they're good, decent people, because the good, decent people in the banks will, will still be there. Mm -hmm. And we need community banks. But but if you're, if you can't bank in the big banks, you can't. So these are scare tactics to drive people to the bigger banks. So what if your Uncle Charlie leaves you a million dollars, go to Uncle Charlie, you can't put a million dollars in the bank of Dripping Springs because they could go bust and you'd lose it all. That's true. You know? Then you have to have faith in your bank and your banker and you have to see that they, they, they do business on a, on a, on a, um, a good footing. Gotcha. This is a great question. From, business. Here's a great question from Paul. He is in Florida, somewhere in Florida. Thanks for having this on the show. Very interesting. Well, what if I have a million dollars in a community bank, which, you know, that's interesting. I just said that. Can I get insurance on the anything above 250000 from a private insurer? Do you, do you know? Is that above your well, you can get you, you can get insurance from a private insurer. Sure, but why not? Why not put your money in a bank with a banker you can trust? Because there are bankers you can trust. It's just a business, and you can you can get that. Did you look to see what that? What was the name of that bank that with the V in it? S um, yeah, Silicon Valley Bank. Silicon Valley Bank. They put their money in cryptos. They put, I mean, you know, they put the they didn't have the proper amount of reserves. They they risked their capital and. A kajillion different ways because they just shot their wide. They might as well be in Las Vegas at the at roulette wheel because they figured no matter what, somebody's going to pick up after us. Well, I don't know about you, Patrick, but I'm just a little bit tired of seeing these people picked up after while we sit here and struggle. Yeah. So in, in answer to your question, pick your banker. Go to the Solari report and figure out what it is you need to figure out what a good bank is and do that. So to this emailer in Florida, sounds like he's got a bunch of money and he's in a community bank. Can he make a get a special provision from that bank to say that they'll insure it for his million or can they do that? No. No, they the thing he has to do is make certain that they're not risking his money. And not, they'll be there. Not risking his money. Yeah. Like do you back um or, or how much of your money's in cryptos? I got about two hundred dollars, you know. <laughs> Are you banking the, the the Queen Mary out here? That's I mean the, the, the Titanic out here. Do you have any money in the Titanic? I mean, you know, you have you can look to see what the banks invest in, and that determines the health of their bank. And when a bank is he is healthy, you don't have to to deal on insurance. I don't believe in insurance of any kind. I don't 
figure anything's going to pay. I just don't, I don't have any kind of insurance. I just oh, so, try to keep my... So you could actually go in and do your due diligence and see if the bank are on solid ground, and that should be the way to do it, right? Rather than buy insurance, yeah. Yep. Make certain that the people that you're dealing with are doing business correctly. Hmm. And Catherine helps you out. She's got the whole cheat sheet on there that you have to go over and things to look for. Hmm. She's a valuable resource, that Catherine. Who's the constitutional fellow out of Utah that you like that we talked to? What's his name? Um... I can't remember. I didn't like some of his stuff, so I forgot his oh, name. But um, anyway, he's a big, uh, I, I got his book and it's all about state banks and he wants to do state banks and have, that would be cool, right? But the legislature has to authorize those or they claim they do. Catherine, Catherine right now is pushing state banks. Yeah. We have one state bank in the United States, the Bank of North Dakota. North Dakota. And it very well. And yeah, it has to be a state authorized bank. And yeah, the, the legislature, so people can just bang on their legislature. You know, 17 calls or 17 emails, 17 communications will sway any legislature down here. Is that right? No. Yeah. It only takes 17. It's not like it takes a ton. Hmm. But you, you, people don't, people don't get active in politics because. No, it's. They, Wow. You don't blame. I mean, it's so swampy and dirty and crappy. Nobody wants to even get involved in it. You know. Oh, you have, you know you have no idea how many years I've gone down to the yeah, legislature. I know. I know. God love you. You know. Uh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to send him an email or a letter. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. No. Yeah. Jesse uh, Mariah. That's your middle name, right? They call Mariah. They call the wind Mariah Andrews. They call the wind Mariah. Uh, PhD. Uh, stay right there, sweetie. And uh, we're going to come back and talk some more. If you have a question, comment before we uh, let her go back and do some real work for a living, uh, you can email Patrick at one radio network.com. Patrick at one radio network.com. How about this little guy here? Have you ever tried elk velvet antler? No. Well, come on. They got these little elkies and they put them in. Um, in um, New Zealand and they are farm raised and they get the elk velvet off of these elks and you, you take this stuff and you get big and strong. Here, listen to Daniel. He's going to be on tomorrow, by the way, Daniel Vitalis. We're talking with Daniel Vitalis of Sir Thrival. What's a little history on the elk velvet antler uh, the idea is to go way back. It does. Elk antler and deer antler and moose antler and all the antlers of the cervid in their velvet or young stage before they've hardened to full bone have been used as a euthening medicine, as a as a kind of libido enhancing medicine for thousands of years, particularly in Asia. We see this long history in China and then also in Russia as well. It was studied in Cold War Russia as a kind of anabolic supplement for their elite athletes. And that's where we get the base formula that we use at Sir Thrival. Now, we've optimized that formula using organic ingredients and really high-quality packaging, but it is based on that current, that modern Russian uh, research and all the evidence that came out of that Cold War era. I think so. There's a reason these elixirs have been around for thousands of years. You're right, Patrick, talk show host. I'm going to interrupt you and tell you that They've got some good deals going on, sales here and there, and you can just check it out on any Sir Thrival link on OneRadioNetwork.com. Any Sir Thrival link, OneRadioNetwork.com. And also from Sir Thrival, one of our favorite things, and this is 
what you want to do if you want to uh, help the birth rate and get some babies going on in this uh, country. At the end of the night, the only place I want to go is back into my bedroom. And the supplement I take with me is Sir Thrival's Taboo Aphrodisia. It's an erotic herbal elixir made with several different aphrodisiac herbs and two key nutraceuticals. It's finished off with cacao, maple syrup, and a little vanilla bean for a super sexy flavor. And what it's designed to do is increase blood flow for both men and women. Come to bed, baby. Don't worry, we're married. If you want to get some gold and silver coins, we know the right person to do it. This is Fred Dashevsky and U.S. Coin Capital. Fred was the uh, partner of our dear friend Andrew Goss, who had the temerity to leave us three years ago. He had a brain aneurysm, and he's in now in on his cosmic vacation, and we miss him so. He taught me lots of stuff about the money game. So Fred is on his own now since Andrew left us and he has a company called U.S. Coin Capital. He's a good man. And they have a small staff, a boutique staff, but they will help you to understand numismatics. You can buy currency silver, which is dimes and quarters and half silver dollars pre-1965 with real silver. I was just musing the other day or to a actually to a caller this morning when I was in high school, it was 1964, and my brother and I had a 52 Chevy, and gas was 20, I always remember, gas was 25 cents a gallon. Lucky strikes were 21 cents each. I used to smoke those puppies. Phew, yow. And 25 cents a gallon. And so you gave them a quarter, and you got a gallon of gas. Today, today, 2023, you can take one of those silver quarters from uh, years ago, the same quarter, same one, bring it to any coin store there on Congress Avenue in Austin or wherever you have a coin store, or get a silver quarter from Fred, and you can buy, I think today you could probably buy about almost almost three gallons of gas. See, that's real money, baby. It's real money. We believe that the only option for the central banks of the world, all of them, is to keep printing and lending to governments and monetizing debt and doing everything they're doing. That's what they do for a living. So we believe, and nothing is certain, that gold and silver is going to be worth more uh, a year from now or two years from now or, or, and hold its value. So if you're worried about the bank and you got a hundred grand sitting around in a bank, Call Fred, buy $100,000 worth of gold and silver, and uh, even if it doesn't go up, you're not going to lose any money, right, by through inflation. Even if it doesn't go, even if it stays right where it is, which is not going to happen, uh, I don't think, but what do I know? Uh, you're not going to lose anything through uh, uh, currency devaluation by printing more money, and then prices go up, and that's called inflation. They don't teach you that in school, but we talk about it here. U.S. Coin Capital, 800-878-2646. 800-878-2646. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. We are having a chat with a friend of mine who I've known forever. How long we've known? Oh, forever. 
with uh, Desi Mariah Andrews, Dr. Andrews. She's a constitutional. What were, what, your PhD is in constitutional what? I couldn't read my handwriting. Constitutional study and law. And law. Mm-hmm. I studied the Constitution and learned the law <laughs> in their office. And learned the law. You mentioned Scalia. He was really a good guy, wasn't he? Scalia. And he was fascinating. Um, you know, my, my son keeps telling me, if you just listen in to Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Scalia talk more among themselves, you'd learn so much more. And I really am. He's a he loved his country and he loved the Constitution. And he died under strange circumstances as well. Well, I'll tell you about that privately someday. Okay. No. All the, what great leaves. All the good private stuff. Uh, this is from Paige. What does your guest think about the future of Bitcoin and other cryptos? Do you think the boys, that Patrick calls them the boy, we used to call them the boys with Andrew, will let them survive? Um. Mm. Good question. I don't think yeah. boys should be in charge of anything. <laughs> so I don't think it's a matter of whether they let them survive or not. Um, I have nothing to say about cryptocurrency. I know nothing about it. You know nothing, huh? I, I think I think the people will allow things to survive that they want to survive. It's the people that we should look to, yeah. not the boys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is our government, not theirs. Would you, I wish you would tell that. Oh, that's what your lawsuit's about. I guess is what you're telling these guys. You're gonna... Yeah, that's what our law, my lawsuit's about. Treason's a pretty tough word there, girl. Do you think... How, how long did you watch uh, Clinton go to China and sell everything we owned in this country? What did you do hmm. when Congress determined to tax the so the corporations so they'd all go offshore, then go to somebody else? What were they thinking when they let China? Wasn't China always our enemy somewhere? What were you thinking when they you let the, these these Congress critters give every single thing that we got in this country to the production of China? Uh, that's like sort of like Russia supplying. Germany with gas, and then somebody blows up the damn pipeline. Where's the gas to Germany? You will produce, I mean, it's gone. You see, and what happens when China doesn't ship to the United States anymore? Every single thing down to the McDonald's toy in the lunch bags, it comes from China. And you know that day is coming. Is that smart? You know that day is what? coming, right? Do what? You know that day is coming when China just cuts us, cuts us off. And how far out do you think that is? Oh, you mean that day is coming? I think it's on its way. Yeah, it's on its way. Yeah, yeah. Well, how you give everything to your enemy, and then you have faith in your enemy to support you? Uh, these guys here are just wizards, aren't they? Boy, wizards. So, how do we, the people, survive this stuff? You do what any proper deity does. You believe in God and you you instigate peace. Peace. Everything good comes from peace. Everything bad comes from war. Yeah. We have to have a treaty between the North and South and end this rot. You know, 
I just learned recently, I didn't even know this, that more Irish were enslaved in in the world than the blacks in the United States by a long shot. Really? The poor Irish were used by slaves by every even in the Romans, the Irish were slaves. They were nothing. They were they were they were not people. I had no idea. Tables. I mean, I don't know what they were, but they weren't people to the rest of the, the world. And they were they were um, discriminated against when they started coming to this country. No Irish need apply. It didn't matter how bad you needed somebody to fill a job. No Irish need apply because number one, um, they were low class, and number two, they were Catholic, and they just this great melting pot we have here just wasn't accepting a change in religion of any kind. It's crazy. We know nothing about our history. At least I don't. Maybe well, you do. I don't, I don't know anything. Yeah, the Irish were discriminated. I mean, more of those people were enslaved than anybody. And now we're enslaved. We are I, in my lawsuit. I, 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 they have put me uh, right at $100,000 in debt. That's my share of the national debt. Hundred grand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hundred grand. That's my share. Of the, the that's your share. That's a little toddler on the street share. That's the baby in the pram share. That's every single person in the United States' share of, of, of the debt. We we have a debt currency. It operates on the full faith and credit of the American people. Let's just pull that faith out from underneath that little sucker and see how it operates. Yeah, I'll tell you. It falls down in the woodpile. We can't allow this. We have allowed Congress to go totally outside the bounds of its mandates and and do whatever they want. Yeah. We have allowed that. And and surely to God, since 1933, there has been somebody that's been elected to Congress that wants to kick a fuss up about this stuff. I won't do that. This is unconstitutional. Where do you hear that? You just don't. They don't, they don't dare. You don't. And yet we allow it. We say, oh, well, let's, well, let's vote somebody else in. Really? You think that's working out hmm. at all? So, um, Cheryl, why didn't President Trump fire Fauci if he has all this power? Why didn't President, President Trump didn't have the power to fire? Oh, that's right. He didn't have the power. She he missed that missed part. Fauci hmm. was in the senior executive service, and those guys have been lifted to a higher plane. Hmm. They hmm. make more money than anybody else in government. They can't be their their decisions can't be questioned. They they implement the rules and regulations of their agency. If they say go in your house and wear a mask, you have to go in your house and wear a mask, right? That's what they say. Well, how many people did you see believe that? Most people. I mean, you watched them all go in your house, give up their jobs. How am I going to pay my rent? I don't have a job. Oh, the government says you have to wear a mask and go in your house. Really? I know it was just awful. It's still going on. I mean, you still, you know, it's still going on. And every day, the government, somebody in uh, apparently acting for the government, does something. I mean, look at the NSA. It's got microphones and embedded in our walls. I mean, boring. I, I hope they get bored to death, quite frankly. But, I mean, <laughs> how, how did any government agency ever get the right to spy on the American people? We're not the enemy, are we? Oh, I forgot we are. So maybe, maybe it'll just implode on itself and we can start over again. 
Wouldn't that be wonderful? I wonder how it's been floored on, on itself. By my suit getting to the Supreme Court, by Paxson's suit getting to the Supreme Court. And there's another one that's in the same vein that I can't remember what it is. It's going that way, too. Hmm. All of these people are screaming unconstitutional anymore. And last time, Paxton got kicked out because he he uh, didn't have a horse in the race. And in this one, he tells how much that that bill, that, what'd you call it? The thing, the $1.9 trillion, what'd you call it? Uh, I think it was a... Um... <laughs> Inflation Reduction Act or something like that. Yeah. Okay, the Inflation Reduction Act. He he shows the impact that that particular bill, by allowing all these aliens in, and, and Texas has to support them. I mean, that's in that bill. They have to offer goods and services and, and to every one of these illegals. Wow. They have to be. They have to pay to have them transported someplace else if they don't want them in Texas, and they have to pay for their keep when they're there. That's in that bill. But doesn't the Tenth Amendment uh, memorialize the idea that we have states' rights and we don't have to do it? Can't oh, uh, DeSantis and Paxton or in, or in, um, what's his name Abbott just say no? We're not can We're not going to do that. How many times have you heard Abbott say no? I'm not taking the illegals in. How many times have you said uh, secure the border? How many times have you said Congress is in charge of immigration? What is what is Congress doing? So Abbott is swampy too, just like the rest of them. I don't know what I'd do if I was Abbott and faced with this. First of all, he's a politician, so I don't trust him as far as I'm concerned, or his wheelchair. And the uh, <laughs> second, um, I'm rolling out. I don't know. Um, immigration is one of the things that the Congress has. Immigration. It's not the states. They have to have an immigration policy, and their policy is letter rip. That's it. Yeah. I, I I gave a speech in San Diego last year, and and when I researched it, I I, I looked at all the 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 uh, why California used to be top in everything, and why California is the bottom of everything now. It was the most in, highest in education. It was the highest. I mean, it had waterways like you couldn't believe. It had. Uh, it was incredible what, how, what, how high on the list of California you know, it was. I know when I was a kid, we'd say, well, I wish I was in California. They have free college there. They have free schools, the best of schools. They had good, everything. Well, that went away. And uh, when, when the immigration started in mass, California got 50% of the immigrants at that time. And those immigrants were thrown on a social system of, of uh, California. So the middle class had to pay for those services, schools, services, whatever, whatever these people, these new people that were foisted on the, on the economy of California, the middle class had to pay for that. And that was a decimation of the middle class, number one, but uh, it was a decimation of California. It's really a manure show, I guess I'd say, I'll be careful on your show, but... Um, <laughs> It's not up there with anything anymore, Patrick. Um, and that's what's going to happen to us. Send all these people in, overwhelm us, make us pay for it. And then when we fall into the into the poverty level, give us a shot and kill us off. So that's their mode if they want to turn this into a trash heap and do some kind of great reset or whatever the hell they're going to do with digital currencies. That's their 
MO right now, do you think? We are we are hmm. captured or almost totally captured by a very small group of, of men, very small, and they want to kill us and take our stuff. Yeah. I think that's all there is to it. I think you're right. For whatever reason. You know, I watched a thing on refined oils the other day and I was just aghast. Do you realize that when I was about twelve years old, these people started poisoning us? I know. Cereal, refined oils. Western oil. Percent of the of the refined things are are seventy percent of the crap food people buy is is uh, uh, enriched with with uh, these refined oils. And they're they're poison. I know. No attacks, not one before they were introduced. I mean, I'm old. I saw a nation that was healthy and thriving when I was a child. I remember then, too. People didn't go to doctors when I was in grade school. We didn't. Nobody even had a doctor. Who knew from doctors? Well, there wasn't a medical problem. <laughs> we we did pharmaceuticals. I didn't. I wouldn't have a pharmaceutical label in my house. I don't understand. Nobody, that. nobody did. Nobody did. We didn't even know what cancer was. When I, when I was in, in the 50s. Huh? Those are all, it's all come from this poison that they're feeding us. So they get us on so many levels, on the education, the propaganda, oh. the food we eat, the medicine we take. They, they, they get us on all these fronts. They're trying to kill us, and they're doing a good job. Yeah, they are. But the, the COVID thing didn't result in as, in, in as big a pile of dead as they wanted. And that, that kind of threw them for a loop. Um, hmm. But... People allow it. Every time you don't, every time you consent to something and you don't say, I don't consent, which is what it says to say in the Declaration of Independence, every time you say, I don't consent, you condone. Every time you go vote, and people just hate it when I say this, but every time you go vote, you're voting for a system that is absolutely corrupt. Mm -hmm. You condone it. I remember. One time my son was in, in court and they were trying to put him in jail for something he didn't do. And and uh, he said, where do you get your authority? And she said, I'm a duly elected judge. And he said, I didn't vote for you. You don't matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, you have no sway over me, baby. I didn't, I didn't vote for you or for anybody else for that matter. Because until people start... You know, you can't change anything by voting for the people that run. Would you run for an election of some kind, Patrick? Not at this stage, no way. To be vilified? To be to be denigrated? I mean, we're not getting the, the cream of the crop anymore. And number number the first thing I always ask is, do you have a representative? Because this constitution says the only one we can vote for is the rep our representative and for the for the federal government. The only one we can vote for is our our U.S. representative. It says very clearly in this book that no representative can can uh, represent more than thirty thousand people. Are you one of the thirty thousand? Oh, you're one of the seven hundred thousand. Each of those dudes is representing. So what part about them running for that seat is constitutional? Yet, go down there and stamp the rooster. Do whatever it is. I mean, until we, we, me, you, we start saying, not going to have this anymore. I'm not having nope. it. Nope. 
No, thank you. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I I don't consent. And that's what my lawsuit's about. And uh, Hmm. the the attorney that's helping me with this, no, he's a good one. Um, He he didn't think this was going to work because I sent him your first draft and it really didn't have war powers in it yet. And he doesn't know war powers. So I sent him what I consider to be the final draft. And he said, I had forgotten about the clause in the Constitution that says no state shall pay their debt with anything but gold or silver. He said that's never been heard. Hmm. Never been it's heard. Never been challenged. Hmm. And you see, who has to supply us with that money that we spend? The people, the people, the state can't pay their debts with anything but gold and silver because the people don't hold that kind of a coin. They don't hold anything but gold or silver backed currency. So that there, we're all debtors, and you can't pay a debt. You know, we went through this debt thing once upon a time. You can't pay a debt with a debt. So all you can do is owe more money and keep that debt current, constant. Okay. You can never discharge a debt or uh, extinguish a debt. You can discharge it and shove it to the side for a while, but that debt is always there because it was paid for with a debt. When we when we have debt currency, we are enslaved. So we're working. Our listeners have a car payment or a mortgage. You don't really ever pay it off. You're just discharging it because you're using a a debt instrument to pay it off. You can't say unless you have a car payment or a mortgage. How could you pay that off with what? With what? How can you pay that debt with a debt? It appears on paper that you've discharged it. You paid all of the the implement increments that it took. Right. But did you actually pay with anything of worth? Did you extinguish that debt? No, no, no. You didn't. Well, we've gone far afield in 250 years, my dear. <laughs> far afield. We're out there in loony land. <laughs> We're in la-la land, right? La-la land. Now, you can call it la-la. I think there are loonies at Tooney myself. Yeah, but. I do too. Well, Ms. Andrew- and it's all because people don't know, and they've been propagandized, and they <sighs> trust their government. Think about it. They trust their government. I know. That presents a problem. Miss Andrews, thanks for coming on and uh, talking about your thing. Now, will you, are you going to be able to follow this and will it actually move up the chain of command on your suit? Well, it's got to start first. I'm having a hell of a time because I thought I could waive service. I mailed this suit to the what I thought were the proper authorities on January 30th, the day I filed it. It sat in Austin when I tracked it. It sat in Austin for 10 days in the Austin Post Office. Uh, the day after I mailed that, you had the ice storm that knocked down your your uh, power lines right. there. Uh, what are you doing for phone lines if you don't have any? Uh, we don't. No, we're doing just a, a Twitch. I don't even know what that I mean, is. I mean, not Twitch. Like we're doing uh, Zoom, Zoom like we use. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and you... Oh, and that's Wi-Fi? So you don't have to have phone? Okay. It's an anyway, that's your problem, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, it took the, the AG in Washington got my suit on the 14th of, of uh, February, and I never heard a word from him. And when in, in uh, San Antonio, which was the important one, um, 
It never did get to him. It just couldn't make San Antonio. It, it said it was out for delivery and then it went to Oklahoma City and then it, it's bounced all over the place. So I finally sent him another one the other day and he wrote back and said, you, you can't waste service to the government and you have to do this. So he's explained to me what I have to do in order to serve them. So first I have to serve them and that's a problem in itself, hmm. at, but I'll solve it. Because the lawsuit is a good one when it gets there, but it has to be served. I suspect that some of these people get all kinds of lawsuits, right? Do you think they do anything with them other than just throw them on a stack and throw them on a pile? These people never see the lawsuits. They never see them. That's what the Department of Justice is for. I see. If, if you sued if you sued anybody in the Texas government, they would never see the lawsuit, or they might see it and then they just turn it over to ken paxton takes care of it that's what the, that's what these justice departments are for not you and me they represent the government officials hmm. so this will be tried by a government official you know i'm sorry it'll be tried by a government official well yeah it will be prosecuted by a, a government official mm-hmm and uh, these people won't show up in court. They might never even know they were sued. Yeah. Well, you do what you can. But, and I want to personally serve 535 of them. I'd be happy for the help. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do what you can, Ms. Andrews. You do what you can. <laughs> I mean, Thanks for coming on the show, my dear. Take care of yourself. Let me know if you need some coffee or sugar or ammo something. I'm I'm with your friend there. It's meat now. Meat, no salads, just meat. So you've been just eating meat. You lost a lot of weight doing that too. I can see, right? Yeah, yeah, I have. But um, and I'll lose some more. But I think that's. I you know who did that food pyramid? Think about it. Who well, did that? Food it's upside pyramid? down. Is what it is. It's the government that did the food pyramid, and so they keep adjusting it. I mean, we fall for this stuff all the time. <laughs> cereal. Tony the Tiger said to. Don't eat the tiger said to. Don't eat the tiger. I mean, we have to be healthy. And it could be that meat is healthy. Oh, I think it is. I do quite a bit of it. And eggs and cheese and butter and fat. A lot of fat. Well, I have my chickens. Yeah. Don't don't forget your fat now. You need fat for your brain. Eat the fat because it won't make you fat. That's see, but none of us were eating the fat, were they? Were we? I, I couldn't. I, I called a friend of mine who listens to your program all the time, and I said to him, "I I missed a couple of words the other day, and I'm kind of concerned about my mental health." And he said, "You have robbed your fat. You need to start eating fat. Don't you know do. about the heart, yeah. whatever it is, diet?" I said, "No." <laughs> yeah, fat. You could get beef tallow, a uh, very inexpensive uh, butter, cream. Anything like that will keep your brain and, and you know going, and then but don't won't make you fat. The only thing that makes you fat are the carbs, which you figured out. You got off the carbs and you lost like thirty pounds, right? Boom, boom. Yep, yep. That's what does it. The carbs. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> which is the top of the food Lovely. pyramid, right? The top. Lovely of, to see you, Patrick. Yeah. Nice to talk to you, my dear. Take care of yourself. Ow. May the blessings be. Ciao, Desi Andrews, Doctor Desi Andrews. OneRadioNetwork.com. I would give you her website, but she doesn't have one, right, Des? She, oh, wait a minute. Let me turn on your mic. I actually have one to deal with this, but oh, it's well, what is reason my, my, no, my, my tech can't get there. Not yet. Okay. Let me just put it out. Just email me, and I, I, can, I can put it in the show page on the on the show when okay. you get one. All okay, right. sweetie. Take All care. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
I've known Desi for ever. Long time. Long time. Isn't it amazing where we are with all of this crazy stuff? It's like crazy land. You talk to people like this and you and you you understand that this entire thing is just built on some magical fugazi, as we talked with Crow 777 this morning. It's a fugazi, as they did in the big short, the great scene with Matthew McConaughey and, and uh, what's-his-face. It's a fugazi. It's just all made up. Everything that's going on today in the government, in the bank, it's all made up. So I don't... I, so I'm here to help you and I and anybody that's interested to navigate what's going on and as we move forward, and we will because we're not going anywhere, interesting thing about having a body is that once you have it, you have a responsibility to keep it as long as you can. I mean, that's just the deal. And and then we got to, we, we're karmically involved with all these crazies in a certain way, but we talk a great deal about how not to be involved and as we create our entire own new world every day. Every moment of our life by what we think and what we believe to be true, this is what creates the body. So, good thoughts, peace, love, hippie beads, being positive, uh, tell your body you can do whatever it wants, whatever self-talk you need to do. Um, even with the, with the financial stuff, if you don't understand or you don't have a plan, don't get down in the dirt on it. Just say, okay, I don't have a plan, but I'm beginning to learn this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to understand more of what's going on and a, a plan will become clear so you can... Uh, thrive during this time. And the next few years are going to be tough. You know, it's, it's no doubt about it. Uh, who knows? Central bank digital currencies and the whole uh, telephone, uh, phone thing and controlling people. So we're going to just get creative and figure out how to thrive during all this time. So stick around here. Thanks for your support. Please consider uh, uh, joining up uh, with some other folks that are beginning to uh, sign up for 10 or 20 or 30 by some person just signed up for 30 bucks a month. Wow, it's huge. Whatever, if it's huge to us, you know, but go to Starbucks a couple of times and it's 20 bucks, why not uh, consider just signing up and, and donating that to us through the donation tab so um, we don't have to rely on these sales of our of these products. Many people think that we get paid just to play a commercial like we do or talk about it, and we don't. The only way we earn any dollars, Federal Reserve notes, is by when you purchase something, pine pollen or colostrum or hydrogen machine or sauna, all the stuff, and then we get a commission on that deal. That's And that's how we do it. And the sales, because of many reasons, uh, I think of most of it is the inflationary issues. Uh, people are frightened now, so people aren't spending as much money because they don't know what's going on. And and especially if they watch TV, God knows what they're thinking. So that's uh, we're going to have to uh, get have this work for us if we're going to stay on here and move. Because what are you going to do? I don't want to charge. 
for the website. People do, you know, like Crow, and he's got a pretty interesting model we had on this morning where they show you like a half an hour of a video or an audio and an audio, and then if you want to see the rest and you become a member or whatever it is so much a month, and that's all. To me, that's a little more complicated. I want to see if we can do it just by value for value. If you think that you are getting value from our guests and our shows that we do, then uh, I think it would be a good idea to support us. It's as simple as that. There's no free lunch, you know. When's the last time you got something for free that really was worthwhile? It just doesn't happen. Earth, plane, um, we should exchange value for value. We should. So that's the way we're going to go for now. We'll see how it works. Thanks for all of you who donated uh, to our little fundraising thing about, what, three or four weeks ago? So it's keeping us going for a couple months while we figure out uh, what to do next. I love you all very much. Thank you. You're doing great. Let me know if I can help. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com Anything at all, questions, let me know if I can help. And we will see you tomorrow. Daniel Vitalis. Looking forward to it. Fun guy. Known Daniel for a long time. He'll be here at 10 o'clock tomorrow. One Radio Network. Thank you. And may the blessings be. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.